Support for this podcast comes from the patrons at patreon.com slash Serlin. Hello and welcome to Serlin on Game Design, Episode 8, Morality and Stories. And today with me is Mr. G Phantom. Hey, Serlin, how you doing? I'm doing great. Awesome. I'm really excited about this subject. I think it's really interesting. Yeah, so let's talk about the concept of ethics and morality as we see it in, well, in TV and in movies and then in games. Sure. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So just to give a quick overview, what are we really talking about here? So laws are an attempt to kind of point us in the right direction about what's right and wrong. But laws are not morality, of course. Mm -hmm. There could be many differences, but they're an attempt. So... As we go about our everyday life, if we live, you know, legally, <laughs> follow the rules, <laughs> do what you're told, yeah. there's a lot of things that you're doing right. You know, you're, you're not murdering people. You're not <laughs> running across the street in the middle of traffic usually. So mm-hmm. they, they kind of help out. But if you lived in a different world that didn't really have laws or for some reason they just didn't apply or didn't work at all, then you'd really have to think a lot harder about what's right and wrong. I mean, you already do have to think about that, but... You just have to think way more if you had kind of less to go on guiding you. And I've noticed that in so many critically acclaimed TV shows, there are various settings and situations that are outside the law. And I don't think that's accidental. I think that what's happening there is those kinds of shows make us think more about what's right and wrong. And that's difficult and interesting. And that's what gives them some drama. Yeah, definitely. Like something that has a story that just follows all the laws and all the rules, I think would be pretty boring. And it wouldn't really question our own kind of the way we live. Right. It wouldn't really bring up those hard questions that are kind of important to ask, I think. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's easy to to think in absolutes like lying is always wrong or murder is always wrong. But really, always. I mean, always. Mm hmm. Yeah. Uh, you know what what if somebody like you're just you're standing on the street and your friend runs by he runs around the corner like really really fast and then after him a masked man and with a gun is running after him Mm -hmm. and he says which which way did did bob go you know and bob's your friend (laughs) right yeah and you're like oh geez i can't lie to this guy right like (laughs) (laughs) i mean so you so you don't lie and then that guy catches your friend and kills him and Mm -hmm. so yeah great you didn't lie is that the outcome you wanted so there's an example where like well sometimes you should lie in that situation you should yeah yeah. i think mostly you shouldn't Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah (laughs) but now that we've raised some case where maybe you should that shows that it's actually something you got to think about just like murder or any other kind of (laughs) crime People who talk about philosophy and stuff like that, they talk about moral bedrock. So, yeah, generally certain things are totally bad. Killing someone is generally pretty bad. But, you know, when you talk about moral bedrock, you're like, well, let's examine every situation. I mean, could it be justified? And and it's uncomfortable. It, it, It is uncomfortable to kind of examine that stuff. But it's also very interesting, I think. Yeah, I know a fair amount about the field of ethics and philosophy. So I kind of have some background of where I'm coming from. So mm-hmm. like to take the lying example again, like if we were to look at that, let's say you were considering lying about something. Well, why shouldn't you? Well, you shouldn't because if you did, you would lose trust. 
Like, mm-hmm. let's say you're selling, let's say I, I sell products. Let's say I lied about my products. Well, I'm going to lose trust with my customers and that's bad. And so I shouldn't do that. Mm-hmm. And that what if I knew I could get away with it? Well, still, maybe I shouldn't because I could be wrong. <laughs> and <laughs> right. the same thing would happen. But mm-hmm. then there's another level of, of reasoning beyond that. Like, let's say it's something where you actually know that you couldn't possibly be caught. You still could argue that lying would be bad. Mm-hmm. So one thing would be, you know, fear of getting caught, but there's kind of a higher thing to aspire to of like, shouldn't we live in a world where we can trust each other? <laughs> right. Like right. we can just get more done as a society when you can just generally trust people. Mm-hmm. So we should all do our part and not lie about things. <laughs> right. <laughs> right. Even yeah, if you yeah. were to not know you weren't going to get caught, you could and probably should believe that. So there's, there's different layers here. But let's think about some examples. So sure. I think Dexter is a great example. You've mm-hmm. seen a bunch of that, right? Or I don't know yes. if you've seen yes. all of it. Yeah, I've seen all of Dexter. So that's a good one to start because I know that show. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a really great example. So Dexter, I mean, OK, we'll have some spoilers in this show. We'll try to, you know, mention it, minimize it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but what I'm going to say right now is just the premise of Dexter. So I, I think that's going to be all right. But yeah. the premise is that he is a killer. He's a, a serial killer and he works in the police department as a blood spatter analysis where he catches killers. OK, so on the one hand, he he's a villain, right? Because he's a murderer. He murders people. Mm-hmm. Uh, but on the other hand, we are really on his side. And I've noticed just the, the show writers are so successful in getting the audience to be on Dexter's side that my mother loves him. My sister, who only watches Disney movies, loves him. <laughs> okay. <laughs> right, so, yeah. so how do they do that? Why is that? Well, Dexter only kills people who pretty much deserve to be killed. Mm-hmm. And f- more than that, people who slip through the cracks of the legal system. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, he has he has very specific rules about who who he's allowed to kill. And it's usually kind of the worst of the worst that have got away with it. That's and that's not enough. They have to be on the way to doing it again. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's true, too. So it puts us in this uncomfortable moral situation where we say, "Okay, he's going to kill someone. So that's bad. He shouldn't do that. Except if he doesn't do it, an innocent person will die. Mm hmm. And we're like, well, we don't want the innocent person to die. That's that's a bad outcome. Mm-hmm. But isn't it bad for him to do vigilante justice here? Like your rea- your natural reaction is going to be, well, shouldn't the police take care of this? Mm-hmm. But by the whole construction of it, the police can't because right. he's only going after people where the system <laughs> failed. The system, mm-hmm. for whatever reason, didn't catch them, even though there's evidence. And, you know, we know that these people did it and we'll do it again. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that's it's really tough to root against him. I mean, rooting yeah. against him is like hoping that a person who killed and will kill again gets away with it while innocent people that had nothing to do with anything will die. That's mm-hmm. really hard to root for. Yeah. yeah <laughs> so definitely. we're forced to be on his side, even though he is a murderer. And then they mm-hmm. even stick it to us a little more in that his motivation is actually not that noble thing at all. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. His motivation they, is just that he he enjoys killing. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I, the character, the Dexter character is just a psychopath. And this is his outlet of, I guess, controlling his urges 
is right. at least not killing innocent people. <laughs> I mean, and that raises another question is like, well, so does his intent matter? I mean, what he's really deep down after is just the thrill of killing. But it's really the actions that I think matter. Mm-hmm. His actions are that he chooses to only kill the people who are making this world worse, right, who, are, who right. are about to kill innocent people. Mm-hmm. So, I, I mean, I guess I'm saying his his motive doesn't matter as long as his actions are a good result. I don't know. That's a lot to think about right there. I'm sure yeah, someone could, yeah, someone could yeah. definitely argue with me on that. <laughs> right. um, but that's why it's so interesting. It's really mm-hmm. it's just a really interesting yeah. situation. Well, I always found it pretty interesting in that when the way they present law in Dexter is always mm-hmm. prone to failure. So that also really helps his cause to help you root for him because the thing that is supposed to work is so ineffective in that world. <laughs> yeah, right. Yeah, I mean, evidence gets lost or destroyed or whatever, uh-huh. or is inadmissible even though we saw it already. Or mm-hmm. Yeah. They make a really strong point in the show to be like, oh, well, Miami's just... Of course you get away with murder in Miami. It's Miami. <laughs> do you think... I mean, how, how much of it do you think is... You know, the his actions of killing people who deserve it. I mean, how, how much is it is that and how much of it is like his charisma, the character's charisma? And well, I think his charisma plays a big role in the audience being on his side. But uh, right. it can only go so far mm-hmm. at the right. end of the day. He's by some standard doing right. And a few times here and there, especially with his sister, Deb, towards the end of the series, they try to have someone object like someone come forward and say like, Hey, you really shouldn't be doing this. Mm-hmm. And, and the show really shows us like what's going to happen if he doesn't do it. Like, okay, so you want to be moral and have him not kill. Well, now mm-hmm. a bunch of innocent people died. So, right, right. right so yeah. were you, you want to rethink that? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. And then let's, we started to get into gray areas. Go. Oh, right. Yeah. I was just going to say, let's uh, think of some other, other one. This less detail on these, but did you see HBO's Rome? I really like that series. I, so, I watched a little bit. Um, you're going to bring up a lot of shows I haven't just got around to watching, unfortunately. Well, we don't need to dwell on Rome too much, but the world of Rome is way different than what we're used to. Like religion means a different thing, but more importantly, the value of human life is different in that mm-hmm. world. If someone wrongs you like, oh, yeah, of course they're going to die. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, I mean, right. people die in the in the arena or whatever, like they're just coming from a, such a different perspective that a lot of the things we rely on just don't don't work anymore. Their conception of sex is completely different. Mm-hmm. Like it's normal to have sex in front of other people, in front of your servants or something. One of the matriarchs, like a you know a woman who's very much in control and thinking about the, her place in the house and the city and so on, might say to her son, "Oh, you know, if you have any chance to have gay sex with someone with a man who's powerful, you should go for that." <laughs> <laughs> right, right. Like, yeah. is it in their world? That doesn't mean that you are gay. It's just a thing. It's just a, yeah. It's it's a thing to gain status. Obviously, yeah. It's just a thing to gain status. So yeah. the, you know, when when you completely change the conception of how people view sex, religion, and the value of human life, then you're just playing by different rules than we have in our normal life. And mm-hmm. when those characters in that show encounter problems, they have to really think about. <laughs> what to do about them. I mean, when, when killing people is like on the table as a thing to do, it's mm-hmm. just, I don't know. I mean, I don't, I'm trying not to give anything away, but like it, it's, it's just a different world. It's d- different yeah. thoughts. It's something I can 
that's even more on the nose is the show Deadwood. Deadwood literally takes place in a city outside the law. That's the premise of that show. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I don't, did you did you know that? I don't know if you've seen that. I don't know the specifics of the show. So, well, the very first episode, the main character, he's a sheriff. And Mm -hmm. you should watch the first scene. Anybody out there, watch the first five minutes of episode one of Deadwood. It's terrific. It's a great show, but not tell about how the main character really cares about justice. Mm. So he finishes his uh, last act as sheriff of this town and then sets off to Deadwood. And Deadwood in this fictional world operates outside of U.S. law. Hmm. Like it's a little pocket that isn't governed or owned by the U.S. <laughs> and so there are no laws other than what they come up with. Right. And so that creates a whole new dynamic of right and wrong. Right. And what if some, what if someone wrongs you? What are you supposed to do? Is Deadwood like takes it a different time? Right. Ro- yeah, Rome is cow- obviously it's Cowboys oh, of the Old West. OK. Yeah. I was going to say like stories that take place at a different time. Mm-hmm. I think those are great shows because especially for this talk about morality, because it kind of shows subjectivity of morality, right? Like, yeah, at, during those times, morality was different, you know, we different values on people's lives and different ways of approaching certain things. They're not the way we think about it, but it was totally OK for those times. Well, maybe, but those shows are really I think ultimately talking about us and our time, I, I think it's it's like when you put a toilet in the museum, that's art because mm-hmm. it's a common thing, but it's putting it in a different context and you go, oh, yeah, like the way this toilet is put together. Like I never really thought about it. I never mm-hmm. really looked at it before. And mm-hmm. just likewise in these shows, it's like by showing us something that's different to us, it calls attention to the difference. And now we think about these moral decisions instead of just assuming that the law was the only way, the only correct way of thinking. Sure, sure, sure. Yeah. yeah. But it doesn't have to be stuff in the past. So mm-hmm. Breaking Bad, Breaking Bad, terrific show. Mm-hmm. That's really all about this too, because very early on, I mean, right from the start, the main character decides to operate outside the law. Now there still is law, mm-hmm. but when he encounters a problem, he can't go to the police. Right. Because he's a criminal. Because he's a criminal. (laughs) Yeah. So, okay, let's say you're a criminal and then somebody is like horning in in your territory or somebody is maybe threatening to kill you. What what do you do? What should you do? Mm -hmm. That show demonstrates how difficult and interesting of a question that can be. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. definitely. (laughs) Okay. You can't go to the police. What options do you have? And it's like the only options he has are really bad ones really Mm -hmm. yeah and again it's also a criminal character that you root for you know yeah so you really do care about his decisions like if you didn't care about him then you would you kind of just wouldn't care about his moral issues to solve these problems yeah and it's not like it's just him either i mean the joke of that show is that like everyone is gray like there's there's some joke rpg video like the breaking bad rpg 8-bit game (laughs) <laughs> where you you pick your class your uh, alignment and like the only choice is gray because every <laughs> every character yeah. in the show is like almost every character is somehow into something bad in some way right 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 yeah and, you know yeah. like the i mean hank's wife is like a shoplifter and walter's wife gets mixed up in all this crime and bookmaking you know fraudulent accounting 
Mm-hmm. Just that everybody's into something. Mm-hmm. <laughs> right, right, right. Right. Everything into something that if they get in trouble doing that something, they can't like rely on the usual force of authority. That show is really dramatic. Like it's just it's exciting. <laughs> 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 so all these right. tense decisions about morality. Mm-hmm. Did you have any other examples before you get on to something else? One of the shows that I really liked was um, Sons of Anarchy. Mm-hmm. And so they're pretty similar in that they act outside of the law, but it's not a lawless group because their laws is actually the motorcycle club laws. Right. Mm-hmm. And then how that clashes with, you know, the world around them and how they have to deal with their own problems. And so that brings up a lot of kind of interesting things about, you know, the choices they have to make, especially when you're talking about things like territories with other groups that have their own set of laws. And so there's this constant struggle of like whose sets of laws are Really more just than the other, though they're probably all pretty gray. (laughs) So maybe that brings us to the bridge between TV shows and games, which is Walking Dead. Mm -hmm. Yes. (laughs) Because Walking Dead is a graphic novel or comic book as well as a video game as well as a TV show. And what's so strange is that in all three mediums, it has different characters. Mm -hmm. It's really found a way to... uh, make all mediums work. It's it's amazing because there's not too many things you can say about a lot of different stories that go on different platforms and you can say, oh, they're all really good. <laughs> yeah, well, it's also unusual to, to ever have a totally different set of characters mm-hmm. for the same IP like that. It, yeah, and it's yeah. it's they're able to do that because it's about the world and the tone and the, the situation the, that the world is in as opposed to about any kind of specific character mm-hmm. so that that's just an unusual thing to be about i mean most yeah. stories are a lot more about specific characters than walking right dead. right 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 though for a story not about specific characters they have very good characters in these in these stories yeah. right yes they, they definitely do <laughs> yeah and they kind of have oh how could we forget game of thrones we should have talked about that but in both oh yeah both shows are well you know walking dead's more than a show but whatever else mm-hmm. they're also both you know it's a book too I don't know what words to use because they're so multimedia, but in, I'll just say in both shows, it's like anybody could die. That's what you think. Yes. Yeah. And so their decisions are even more weighty, mm-hmm. right? More, more yeah. real. Right. Well, they have consequences. Mm-hmm. So a lot of shows struggle with that. It's hard. It's hard to have consequences in these stories where there's characters people like. Uh, so how about Game of Thrones real quick before we finish up walking dead yes so so what does that tell us about morality (laughs) (laughs) oh man it's certainly about that yeah often yes yes yeah it's there's a lot to say (laughs) i I don't even yeah you you give it a shot yeah so there's a lot of viewpoints on how to run the kingdom right Mm -hmm. and who should be in charge of the kingdom and A lot of that is them trying to struggle with like, at least I think is them trying to struggle with how to get there, how to get to the position to run the kingdom. Right. It's because they all have the idea, but it's like they all have to get there first. And it seems that for some characters, it doesn't matter how many bodies they have to trudge through to get there. But I I don't know, maybe you have to care or something. (laughs) Well, so one thing that work of fiction is definitely telling us is that there is no kind of larger karmic justice out there that watches for good deeds and make sure that the good doers are protected. 
Right. Oh, There's especially yeah. not that. <laughs> yeah, especially right, right, especially in 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 Game of Thrones. You're right. You're like if you, yeah, and ga- I'm talking about Game of Thrones. Yeah, but I'm, I'm if, not. I'm trying not to give spoilers here, but I mean that's. Yeah. yeah, like you imagine like if there was a kind of omnipotent being that was supposed to make sure that everything would work out. There were certain characters that 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 guy would have chose to live, but they didn't. <laughs> There's just no such entity in that world that mm-hmm. is overseeing anything. Like it's just, it is what it is. It's just a yeah. struggle for power, and mm-hmm. it's dirty and bloody and horrible. And you basically, you're forced to be dirty and bloody and horrible if you want to survive mm-hmm. in that world. And it's just very difficult yeah. would, to would to hold say, up uh, honor as like more important than anything mm-hmm. else. Would you say that like in the world of Game of Thrones, no morality is kind of the way to succeed in that world? <laughs> yeah i mean i don't even know i don't even that, <laughs> see where i'm just thrown off so much by that whole world yeah. right right yeah it's just a, it really is the ultimate playing to win <laughs> kind of <laughs> right 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 <laughs> kind of world just do whatever cutthroat thing works uh-huh. and right right then maybe you can win I, I'll, okay this is hopefully very minimal spoilers, but in season two, I really liked that a big question is who has the right to rule? Who Mm -hmm. should rule the kingdom? And Mm -hmm. all these different characters have different opinions on that. So there's someone that might say, well, Ned Stark should have been the ruler because Mm -hmm. he was the hand of the king and what else at the same time, the steward of the realm or something. He was like two things at once mm-hmm. that were about as close as you can get. Mm-hmm. And he should have just gone the extra mile and been in charge. And he's kind of nice guy, like mm-hmm. would do right. Mm-hmm. So on that basis, it should be him. And then someone else could say, well, it should be Stannis because well, slight spoiler here, but when, the first king dies and passes on, you know, the, the line of succession. He writes a letter that says he passes it to, well, he says out loud his son, but then it gets transcribed his true heir mm-hmm. and his true heir would actually be Stannis, which is his brother. Right, right. Yeah. So someone could say, uh, if you follow the line of succession, it should be Stannis. Mm-hmm. And then someone else would say, well, but people think that Joffrey is his son, so it should be Joffrey. And then Joffrey would say, I am his son, but that's not even why I should be in power simply because I am in power. It's like self-referential. It's like I grasp it and therefore, therefore it's mine. Mm -hmm. In the same way that the original king, Baratheon, who died, he was a conqueror. He took the throne by force. And so Mm -hmm. he has the right to rule because he had the force to rule. So you get all these different angles. And then uh, so Stannis, the one who would say the line of succession is on my side, so it should be me. He argues with his own brother, Renly, and Renly says, no, it should be me, and it's because I would be a good king. No one else is even factoring that in. Right, yeah. No one's even mentioned, like, good at the job, Mm -hmm. but I would be actually good at the job because people love me. Mm -hmm. People love me, and no one loves you. Like, you're (laughs) just, like, a jerk. Right, right, right. So what about that? Mm -hmm. (laughs) (laughs) Though I feel like... Being good at the job is not an important part part of the of the resume you need to grab yeah. power to grab power. Yeah, it's true. Being good at the job really isn't that important uh, <laughs> when it comes to trying to get the job. Mm-hmm. When mm-hmm. it comes to trying to get that high of a job, yeah. So, I mean, there's a lot more to it than I'm even saying here, but uh, yeah, yeah, You're scratching the surface. Even on this, just one issue of like 
the arguments that all the different characters give on who should be in charge. Mm-hmm. That really, there's really makes you think, I mean, see in our world, we have elections <laughs> right, and, right, and we just yeah. don't really think about it. You right, know, right, right. the election comes around, no matter what you do, the election's going to happen mm-hmm. and you could vote or not. And mm-hmm. then someone will win, but it's not like that in game of Thrones. Nothing yeah. just happens. It's people who make things happen. Mm-hmm. The, pe- the people who seize it, they mm-hmm. make it happen. And if you don't, think that that's right then you've got to actively fight against it mm-hmm. which means every little thing you've got to really think about like well wait should i be the one who seizes the power should mm-hmm. i be the one who stops this other person <laughs> yeah you really got to think about it yeah yeah very interesting support for this podcast comes from patrons like you at patreon.com slash you can become a patron and support the development of more finely tuned Serlum games as well as more content on this podcast and if you do, you get access to a sneak peek at art that's in development and playtest materials for upcoming games. You also get access to a special second podcast where you can hear behind the scenes of how we actually solve design problems. That's patreon.com slash Serlin. So Walking Dead, in that world, there's no civilization left, really. Right. There aren't laws. I mean, there's mm-hmm. no one to enforce laws. Mm-hmm. <laughs> there's no, no court system or whatever. Yeah, definitely. It's an empty canvas for people to kind of exercise different ideas. I'm, I'm talking about people who would write for Walking Dead mm-hmm. because there is no civilization. So they don't have to worry about like, oh, how, how do the laws interact with this character? Well, there, are, there aren't any, you know. So there's a lot of freedom to explore morality with, with these characters and their choices. Yeah. And we can maybe try to give a couple examples from that world. So mm-hmm. at some point, our survivors come across a car, an abandoned car. And there's food in the car. Mm-hmm. And so should they take it or not? Mm-hmm. So they shouldn't take it because it's not theirs. Right. But they should take it because resources are scarce and they're going to die and they need mm-hmm. food. And mm-hmm. like whoever left it there should have not done that. Yeah. <laughs> And also there's, you know, then you could throw in other little things in there of like, well, also I'm taking care of children, so I should take the food because I have to feed kids. Yeah. So if you try to use the reasoning from our world, it's like, well, in our life, you could be taking care of children, but we just have a much more structured world than they do. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's yeah. like actual laws about don't steal things. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and Why? if you do, you'll be on trial. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, police will come harass you. But yeah, not in their world. Yeah. I mean, there are certainly consequences in their world, but they're not some sort of formal consequence. It's also just a whole different ball game when there's a legion of zombies that could just kill you at any moment. <laughs> right. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I think yeah. it really, it changes the, the weight of one decision versus another. Like if you have yeah. a range of decisions in front of you, maybe I should do A or B or C. And then I say, oh, and by the way, there's a the world has been destroyed by zombies and you could die at any moment. Mm-hmm. I think it changes the waiting <laughs> a lot. Right. right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So yeah, yeah. again, it means you actually have to think about it. You can't just go on autopilot and go, oh, like stealing's bad. Mm-hmm. Stealing's bad in our world, so it isn't theirs. Well, no, because their world's way different. Mm-hmm. Way, way, way different. Yeah, it's filled with zombies that could kill you. That's a big differentiator. <laughs> like that goes into your decision making of, well, I should maybe do this because then I won't get killed by zombies. <laughs> And did you play the Walking Dead game by chance? I never played the games. I, I read the comics. I'm a subscriber to that. Well, the game's really interesting. I've, I've seen the I've seen the gameplay for some of the games, so I have a general idea of what's happening. The main character in the game is not a character from the other mediums, mm-hmm. but he was a prisoner. And then at the very beginning of the game, he's 
you know, the, the apocalypse happens. And so mm-hmm. he's free. <laughs> but, right. So it's an interesting contrast because it's like in the regular world, he's a criminal. Mm-hmm. But then in the new world, everything's different. Mm-hmm. There's no one to hold him responsible for that anymore. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then something that's very thematically interesting is that, okay, this is, I mean, I guess it's a spoiler, but not really like, you know, up to you if you want to skip the next minute. But I I think Mm -hmm. it's fine to know this. The crime he committed was a crime of passion. So it was a split second decision Mm -hmm. that affected the rest of his life. Right. Not not premeditated. not, Not premeditated. And that mirrors the player's perception they're the player's experience of playing the game because the game presents you with decisions that have a timer a very short timer of do you want to do this or do that do you want to like zombies are attacking and you can save this person or that Mm -hmm. or someone in your camp is maybe a traitor or something and so you can do nothing and then maybe you'll all die because of it or Mm -hmm. you could exile them which means that they will die Mm -hmm. and so sometimes when it's like that second kind, it, it can give you some time to think about it mm-hmm. because, you know, you would have some time to think about that probably. But when it's the first kind, it's like an action is happening and someone's in threat and you've got to decide right now. And you have mm-hmm. like only a few seconds to decide. And that affects who will live and who will die. And so you are living out this guy's fate of like a split second decision can affect your future. Mm hmm. So cool. yeah, very, yeah. very, very powerful. Yeah. That's quite the narrative trick, not trick, but quite a narrative tool there to make the main characters crime a crime of passion. Very good writers. <laughs> yeah, I want to give one more example from that game. And this one actually, I think, is a spoiler, but it's worth saying because. Okay. Spoiler alert. Can, yeah, spoiler alert. If people can, can stomach this or, or don't plan on playing it, then it's kind of worth knowing. I'll still keep it kind of vague, but there's a situation where you encounter some murderers and they are doing what they're doing because they want the meat of people to eat Mm -hmm. like cannibalism. Mm -hmm. So that's more understandable in their world than ours because food is scarce, but we are really set up to not like these people and think that they're horrible, horrible criminals. Mm. Okay. And we get under threat by them and they're trying to kill us. And by just like luck, we happen to not be killed. Mm -hmm. And then the tables turn and the situation is their threat against us is nullified. We're now safe. Mm -hmm. We were in danger. We were in very, very big danger for quite a while, but Mm -hmm. we're okay. Mm -hmm. And now it's up to us if we want to kill them or not. Right. (laughs) (laughs) And that's quite a choice because yeah. you think, well, killing people's bad. So my mm-hmm. default would be no. Right. But there's so many things on the other side of it. Like, okay, revenge would be one thing because mm-hmm. they were just going to kill you. But even if you, do, you just counted that for zero, just forget yeah. revenge. It's very clear they're going to keep doing what they're doing. So yeah. it's like a Dexter thing. It's yeah. like... It's actually more extreme than Dexter because in Dexter, things slip through the cracks of the laws. But here, there literally is no law. Okay, you're judge, jury, and executioner right here. But there is no judge or jury or executioner anywhere else. You know, there's no police. There's no courts. Mm -hmm. So if you don't do anything, they're going to keep doing it. Yeah, they absolutely will keep doing it. Yeah. So, yeah, you really are judge, jury and executioner, and mm-hmm. it really is up to you <laughs> in, in normal life. We that's that phrase is like a negative thing. You don't want to be that. Mm-hmm. But that's because we have this yeah. <laughs> court system. Right, right. Like in our world and we if we faced a bunch of cannibals and we were able to stop their threat to us, we would then report them to the police and let them take care of it. 
Yeah. But in a world where there's no police, you have a moral question there. Do you take care of these guys? Maybe not for yourself, but like for other people, because we're not going to be the only people who's ever going to pass these guys. Yeah, that's right. So, I mean, a separate argument is like, well, is cannibalism even bad at all? Mm hmm. In this world, uh, you could argue, no, it's not. But they, they really, even if you believe that, they've, they've really set these people up to be bad people that, right, that right. the world's better off without. So I bring this up because to me, it's it was clear that you really should kill them. Mm-hmm. You know, again, not in our world, but, but in, that world. in this fictional world, when mm-hmm. you're faced with the situation they're in and the circumstances that, that happened, yeah, you really should. And after you play the game, actually the most interesting thing, it's the stat screen completely changes the feeling of the entire game, Mm -hmm. if they had it or not. It shows the stats of what real people out there in the world, players of this game, what percentage of them chose one thing versus the other. Mm -hmm. And so it takes a decision inside the game and gives it so much more weight and context and dimension. Mm -hmm. I mean, I was thinking, should I do this or not? But then when I see the only like... 20% 20% of people killed them. Mm-hmm. Ah, that's really interesting. Yeah, yeah. So it makes me really think about it even more. Yeah. In the graphic novel, this is a spoiler alert, spoiler for the graphic novel. Okay. In the graphic novel, our main characters face the same problem. They face the mm-hmm. same exact thing that you talked about. Okay. Probably, probably with different characters, but the same situation. And much like the game, these guys are painted out to be pretty, pretty bad guys. There's a little bit of sympathy with them, but it's not. It's mostly like these guys are sick cannibal people and you should not like them. That's what's presented to the audience. And so in that story, our characters, they do kill them. OK, for kind of the same reasons, like we've neutralized them. But like we got to like watch out for the other people. They also killed our friends. So we, we are going to kill them for that, too. But <laughs> so there's like a little bit of revenge. I think that whole situation is just so intense and mm-hmm. interesting that it's not surprising they would want to capture it in both mediums there. Yeah, definitely. definitely. You know, it's really interesting because when you talk about the choices, so you said only 20% of the people. I mean, I don't it. remember. I don't remember the number, but it was really low. It might have right. been even lower than that. I, yeah. I, I was su- really surprised because the, the game had been kind of bending over backwards to show you just how terrible these guys were. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And yeah. it was also made extremely clear that there's nobody else to do anything except you. Yeah, <laughs> that is really interesting because I think that's where when you really start talking about stuff where people get uncomfortable, their perspectives of, you know, their reality, it's really hard to take themselves out of it, I think. Like, right. like thinking in terms of our real world where you probably shouldn't kill them there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Right, right, <laughs> right. Like if we encountered them, you you know, we I wouldn't kill them in this world. Yeah, we have the police. <laughs> yeah, we have other people to take care of that. And we have a generally ordered world. But when you go out of this world, when you think of those hypotheticals, right, and this is what they're really presenting you in these stories are like these hypotheticals. You kind of have to face these uncomfortable ideas. Yeah. I want to mention those stats again, because it, mm-hmm. it just takes it to another level when they show you what other what percentage of people chose a thing or not. So mm-hmm. when you're playing this story based choice game, if you do X, then someone will die. And if you do Y, then some different character will die. That's mm-hmm. like a branch point in the story. You know, like you'll, the story will move on and either you'll have that you have one character with you or the other one. Mm-hmm. But there's other kinds of branch points that, well, they're not branch points. They're like a false choice. Like it shows you, do you want to do X or do you want to do Y? But you don't know at the time, but 
reality is that no matter which one you choose, the same thing will happen. Mm -hmm. Okay. So I'm just saying there's these two types of things, right? Sure. Yeah. No, I I understand that. Yeah. Yeah. And that even the first type of thing where it really is a branch point, often after the branch happens, a little bit of time passes and then some other kind of event will happen that will bring it back together. So it branched only briefly, you Mm -hmm. know, and then kind of will work out the same either way. I mean, you, you understand that they have to do that for production reasons. They can't. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Every choice they present you can't branch to a different yeah. reality and then have its own set of dialogue and own set of characters. It would be crazy. Yeah. Right, right, yeah. right. It would be a production impossibility. So, I mean, of course, they're presenting choices that aren't real, like that don't affect anything. I mean, of course, they're doing that. And of course, the one they are presenting some that do something and that it undoes the consequence later. Like, I get that. But having those stats somehow makes it so much more meaningful, because even when you're presented with a choice that doesn't affect the course of the game, at the moment that you're presented with a choice, you don't know that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. At that moment, it's a real decision. Of mm-hmm. should you do X or Y? I mean, you're being confronted with a moral dilemma and it's on you to to choose. And then when you show me later that 30% of people chose one or the other, like that really says something. It's mm-hmm. like reaching outside of that game into some other realm. Into, yeah, know, yeah, yeah. It's a real moral thought. So you know, it, it can take a thing that wasn't even anything in the game, but imbue so much meaning to it. So I yeah. was just really struck by that. Do you think part of the reason they put those stats in the game is so they can maybe have discussion? Like, so say if you're at one of these points and then you vote in the minority, yeah. are you interested in then begging the question as why did the other 60% do the other thing? That's super interesting. I kind of want to find out. Like, I think you mean raise the question. Uh, raise the question. It's not that something else. But, but yeah. Um, <laughs> Yeah, I think so. I mean, I think that was probably a motivation mm. is to generate discussion because of those percentages. I think that's really cool. That certainly makes the decisions matter more, I think. I mean, in a way that, you know, in a game, you kind of want the decision to matter in the narrative of the story. But barring that, you know, showing what all the other players did is super duper interesting. Yeah, I think that's a really powerful, important technique because I've heard of this discussion many times before about how do you have some kind of moral choice in a game. And the problem is that if there's a choice in a game, probably it has one consequence or the other within the game system. Like maybe it gives you more hit points to do this or that or a stronger (laughs) sword to do this or that. And Mm -hmm. if that's so, then if you ignore the morality for a second and you just like only look at which one's more powerful, more powerful choice, then shouldn't you do that? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. And then if because that's about winning the game at that point. Yeah, right. Because that's more effective to quote unquote win the game. Well, another way of saying that is that if the choice has repercussion, then it undermines its own interestingness. Like it's <laughs> yeah. it just becomes a min max problem and not an actual ethical problem. Yeah. And then yeah. if you go the other way and the choice doesn't have anything to do with anything, then who really cares? Mm-hmm. So games struggle with like, they don't know where to be on that spectrum and wherever they are on that spectrum is like boring garbage anyway. Mm-hmm. And it's just mm-hmm. really hard to actually put this kind of thing in a game in a meaningful way. So here is a way that has been successful. Yeah. Yeah. I agree. If you have a story based game and your moral choices devolve into, hey, which one should I choose to have a better edge against the final boss? I think I think you failed. <laughs> So many years ago, I went to a game developers roundtable discussion about this exact topic Mm -hmm. and someone was bringing up Knights of the Old Republic or Bioware games and Mm -hmm. Fable as examples that have moral decisions. And this one guy stepped forward and said, that is just the lowest you can go, like the the, the most (laughs) pathetic, transparent, hollow 
<laughs> cartoonish conception of what ethics or morality is. And, it, uh, and now, now when I look back at that, I think of this joke in The Office, you know, the comedy The Office, where there's some lecture on, mm -hmm. like, don't steal pencils from The Office. <laughs> yeah, and yeah, it's, yeah. And it's like, it's like <laughs> ethics in The Office or something. And then Oscar says some line about how that's not ethics. Ethics is a real conversation about different conceptions of the good. Mm -hmm. <laughs> right. Yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So Fable... In Bioware games where you can go on the path of good or go on the path of evil or like not real discussions of different conceptions of the good. They're mm -hmm. just like the opposite thing we were, we were talking about a second ago, where do you want to be really evil because you get evil powers or do you want to be really good because you get good power? If you mm -hmm. right in the middle, you probably get like no powers or lame powers. So you don't want to yeah. do that. So you basically yep. just choose like one extreme. OK, so this guy was trash talking it, but I want to tell you about this guy. Mm -hmm. This guy is the head guy of the MMO called A Tale in the Desert. Mm. And boy, did he knock our socks off. <laughs> <laughs> he said, let me tell you about morality in games. All right, so you ready for this? I'm ready. This guy's you said this guy's a little crazy, right? I, he seemed like a crazy man. <laughs> he seemed right. like like if he worked anywhere else, they'd say like, "Dude, what are you doing? You can't do these things." But it's like his own thing, so no one can tell him not to do it. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Awesome. All right. So in this game, A Tale in the Desert, he has some people working at his company that play some of the characters. Like, you know, instead of an NPC that stands around and is a shopkeeper or whatever, like the NPC will be controlled by the company. And so they inject some role playing. Sure. That's yeah, that's kind of cool. Mm -hmm. So what they did is. They had this thing where the, well, I want to say NPCs, but the characters that were actually controlled by the company, mm -hmm. they spread a rumor that said tomorrow at noon, there's going to be a very special event and Trader Malachi will be coming from a far off land and he will have <laughs> rare goods and he will trade with anyone who stands in line at the specific spot in the middle of town at noon tomorrow. Mm, and okay. so people got excited. Oh, Trader Malachi, rare, nice. rare goods. What are those goods going to be? <laughs> All right. So the time came and Trader Malachi showed up and he traded with the first guy in line. And it was like some item that some unique item that was nowhere else in the game. And then the next person in line was a woman. And he said that he wouldn't trade with her because women are inferior and have no place in any kind of trade negotiations. So next. <laughs> and people were like, wait, what? <laughs> wait, oh, by, and, the, by, the, by the way, before we go on, is this, is yeah. this, is this woman a female character avatar or is an actual female player? Well, female character avatar. In okay. this game, you can choose if you want a male or female avatar. And mm -hmm. you could be a different gender in real life. But uh, Trader Malachi only knows within the game what he's right, saying. Right, so right. Okay. so he, he means that a female avatar in the game is mm -hmm. a woman and that, okay, that cool. women are inferior. And right, right, right. I was just wondering. Sh yeah, it shouldn't be. Well, that's a good question. Important question, actually. Mm -hmm. So... Yeah. So what do you do? And then an argument broke out mm -hmm. and some people in the game said, well, it doesn't really matter because he's a fiction. He has a fictional opinion in a game. <laughs> right. And right. so who cares? And like uh -huh. if he's got rare goods then you should trade with him. And mm -hmm. then other people said, no, it's real. Like it's a real opinion and it's really actually harmful to believe that. And it's like perpetuating this gender stereotype that we're, that's a very sensitive issue we're fighting against and like no uh -huh. you you shouldn't do that and so they are you know a bunch of people argued and i mean that's i mean a bunch of people argued is quite an understatement i think <laughs> right? right 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 you can imagine uh, the firestorm <laughs> I'm, I'm almost certain there are forums and in the game it was just it was wild 
<laughs> right. So that, I mean, that's really raising a question. That is a real moral question right there mm-hmm, is mm-hmm. the question isn't are women inferior? The question are is if someone has a, a horrifically objectionable stance, does it quote unquote not matter because it's in a game? I mean, you can, you can say like, look at the end of the day, I just want the item. So who cares? Mm-hmm. But it's really hard to say that things in games aren't real or don't matter. I mean, you, you make right. real friends at games. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. You, like if, and there was like a real person who put that game together. Yeah. You yeah. Know, game like developers a, are real too. Yeah. But it, I mean, if your friend in a game, if something happened to them in real mm-hmm. life, if they got a disease or they died or something, you would mm-hmm. be actually sad, not mm-hmm. like fake sad. <laughs> right. Right. Yeah. 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 <laughs> <laughs> so you you'd would, be, you'd be real sad. So, but you're not real upset over the sexism thing. Like, right. I, you yeah. should be, I think. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Well, if you want to be consistent, right, with kind of how you feel about other people and games. Yeah. So you could get out of it by saying, well, I'm role playing. So, OK, are you role playing a sexist, I guess? <laughs> right, I don't know. Right. I mean, maybe, but. Right. Well, the thing I, is, <laughs> again, it comes to that consistency of like, if your friend got sick in real life, you'd feel bad. And so if your friend was being discriminated in a game, you should probably feel bad about that, too. Right. Like, hey, that sucks that my friend can't get this item because he's a brown skinned avatar. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I think if you claimed you were role playing a sexist, that would be one of the better defenses of trading with this guy. But I think it was probably more common to say, no, it's not that. It's that none of this matters anyway. (laughs) (laughs) Right, right. I'm not role playing a sexist. (laughs) I just I'm not one by trading with him. Mm-hmm. would be the more common argument, but that's right. a little iffy. So this crazy guy who's running this game and created the situation that mm-hmm. is creating real moral questions in a way oh, yeah. that yeah, fable is not. Well, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So I got a couple more from him too. So awesome. he had, yeah, he had another thing where, okay, so travel in this game is, takes a long time. It's really very slow to get across the world. So there was this thing that this item that would let you travel very, very quickly. But the problem is that if you use it, then after X amount of time, and it's a very, very long time, after X amount of time, you'll die unless you get more of the item and unless you use it again. And mm-hmm. okay, dying in this game, it's not like dying in World of Warcraft or something. It's like dying is like you're dead, like your account, like your character's deleted. <laughs> <laughs> oh, it's hardcore. Okay. Nice. Yeah, it's hardcore. Okay. <laughs> and there isn't really combat. So like you can't really die. Right. I mean, it's right. very hard you to die you, you in don't, this game. You don't die from... Yeah, you you don't die from swords. You die from like dysentery or something like that. (laughs) So some people used it and then now they need to get it again within X time and they have Mm -hmm. a long time. So eventually they get it again and then they can travel fast again. But then X is shorter and then it's shorter again. And it's and eventually after you do this enough, it's like 10 minutes or something. Right, right. Is this like an allegory for like drugs or something? Yeah. Like, so the, that's why he put it in the game. He said, I wanted to see if people would become addicted to drugs or abstain from them mm-hmm. when ahead of time they knew the risks. Right, right. And uh, I forget how many people died. I think five people died or something, <laughs> which he said was the largest number of people who ever died from anything ever in the game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. <laughs> so he had this deadly drug. Uh-huh, uh-huh. <laughs> I mean, that's very interesting. Okay, so there's... That's fantastic. Uh, that's really good. That's more. really cool. 
So this one was about becoming Pharaoh, like the ruler. Okay. So mm-hmm. you, there's an election procedure mm-hmm. and the ultimate goal here is to, well, if you want it to be your goal, I mean, you're self-selecting to even care about this, but mm-hmm. if you want to be Pharaoh, the only actual tangible power you get is one thing. You have the power to ban characters, at, like, <laughs> like kill them. Wow. Nice. Okay. So, yeah. So... <laughs> Actually, I can't remember if you can do it once or several times, mm-hmm. but I guess it's not that important. So <laughs> right. anyway, that's your power. All right. So the first step is you have to get some signatures from a bunch of people that mm-hmm. like endorse you, mm-hmm. but it's not like that many signatures. So it's not too hard. Mm-hmm. And then if you pass that step, then all the people who pass the signature step are put into groups. And then each group, they have like a chat interface where they can send messages and like state their platform, you know. <laughs> to discuss (laughs) things. And their goal is to select one person in the group who will then advance on, but only one. Mm. So the group of would-be candidates has to select one of the candidates. Yeah. So there's several groups. So each one Mm -hmm. is, you know, passing one on. But the thing is that, what do you say? What do you say in that situation? So you're in the group Mm -hmm. and you want to be the Pharaoh and there's other people who want to be the Pharaoh. So what do you think you should say? Hmm. That's effective. Lies? (laughs) About what? About what? So about getting rid of the worst player or something or because that's your only power. Right. So that's your only power. So you've got to say something about that because that's the only thing there is. Uh huh. Right. Right. So you've got to say something about using this power Mm -hmm. and the way to be the most liked, like the thing that you should say the thing people want to hear if you want to be elected. So Mm -hmm. what people want to hear is that you won't use the power. Hmm. Yes. Yeah, that's. So people like no matter what their actual opinion is, they're kind of cornered into saying you should uh, vote for me because I won't use this power. And I'm really serious about it. Like, <laughs> like I super duper right, will right. not use it. Like, I My, know there's yeah. just one guy who's kind of a jerk, whatever. But no, no, no. I would never do that. Right, right. You got to be like, <laughs> right. You got to be like. I would never use the power because I have no beef with anyone, but my opponents, my opponents, I saw him (laughs) arguing with another player. Yeah. Check out this forum post. You want to have this guy in charge? Right. Yeah. (laughs) This guy, this guy's, this guy's dying to ban you. (laughs) He's flaming people people left and right. He's going to ban you. Yeah. 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 But me, I, I I don't argue with anyone. On the forums, I'm, I'm so good. You, yeah, so you find yourself making this statement no matter what the reality is. Mm-hmm. And the point of it is that you get to experience what it's like to be a politician, to live in this force. You can either tell the <laughs> truth or you could be effective in. Mm-hmm. Right, right, right. <laughs> they don't line up all the time. Right, right, right. Yeah. And yeah. then here's a great historical note. So there were several pharaohs elected over the course of, you know, only, only one at a time, but mm-hmm. over the course of the game. And well, maybe it's changed now, but for years and years, it was true, at least that no pharaoh ever used their power except wow. one. Oh, one. oh no. <laughs> and they used it to kill Traitor Malachi from the first story. (gasps) Nice. (laughs) Isn't that amazing? That is amazing. That's that's amazing. That's incredible. Oh, man. He he killed the sexist. (laughs) That's right. Yeah. Traitor Malachi, sexist. Traitor. (laughs) I don't think we should. Oh, go ahead. Go ahead. I was going to say, I don't think we could top that. So we should uh, just end the show as quickly as possible. (laughs) You know what I would love to see, though? I don't know if he's going to listen, but you should do an election where people can invest in you with money and we'll see how that goes. (laughs) (laughs) 
Yeah, another yeah. moral setup there. Yeah, yeah, definitely. <laughs> oh, that's great. That's a great. So I want to look into that. All right, it's a, a tale in the in the desert is the name of it. A tale in the desert. Yeah. Awesome. I will see you guys in the game. <laughs> 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 All right. Well, uh, we've covered several sides of this. Uh, I guess the bottom line is that when you ask moral questions that are difficult to wrap your head around, that they're interesting and dramatic and engaging. Mm-hmm. So, Indeed. And it's also good for you to explore that stuff. I would like to drive that home. It's OK to kind of watch these shows and, and play these games and then really question that stuff. Yeah. Cool. All righty. Well, I will see you next time, I guess. <laughs> <laughs> OK. Take care. Thanks. All right. Bye. Bye. And now for our special guest, Garcia 1000. Thanks, Solon, for having me on as your special guest. <laughs> of course, you're a great special guest. Oh, thank you. Thank you for your compliment on my being a great special guest. So I thought this time we could talk about Mario 3D World on the Nintendo Wii U. I've been playing that a little bit lately. That's a great topic. But what is Mario 3D World exactly? Okay, well, you've played it too. So I think you know what it is. But for everyone else, it's the latest Mario game. So you're in a 3D world, not not 2D. And that's good for cooperative play because the 3D world is kind of bigger for more people to walk around in. And it has this really great cooperative feature where okay either player at any time can go into a bubble and then they're like invulnerable to everything so if there's a difficult jump thing to do like a skilled player could do the jumps and then the other player could just bubble past it and then get out of the bubble and then keep playing i think that's a good idea because the kind of general idea of the game is to find the stars and that's sort of unrelated to platforming challenges or at least you'd hope it would be i don't know what what do you think And the game overall is much easier than some of the more challenging Mario or previous Mario games. So it's 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 a much more friendly game for multi. Oh, one thing about this game is that you can have up to four people playing at the same time. Mm. So uh, the lower difficulty means it's more friendly if you have a wide variety of skill levels in the game. And so uh, if you have relatively unskilled people, at least they can past the stage they might not get the stars but at least they can pass the stage and play through the whole game yeah i've only played it two player i've been playing it with my girlfriend and we call it law and order star detective sometimes because you're really just looking for the stars <laughs> i'm a little yeah. disappointed maybe in that they kind of don't hide a lot of them well enough like it's a little too much about some stars are just dexterity things and the and the hidden ones like I don't know a lot of them are like kind of okay hidden and there's a couple that are super well hidden but overall I wish that they were more like DK coins in the old uh, Donkey Kong Country too I have about two hundred stars so t- why don't you tell me how this differs from your experience. Okay, so, well, first of all, uh, my friends, when we're playing, we don't even acknowledge the existence of stars. Because, uh, <laughs> oh, really? Star, yeah, stars, what are those? Basically, it's, it's enough of a struggle trying to get through the stage without dying that, that these stars are just too hard to find. <laughs> but the point <laughs> is to find this. What do you mean struggle? Why is it a struggle to get through the stage? Well, okay, well, previously I, I said that, you know, it's, the difficulty level is lower so that you can easily get to the end of the stage. Yeah. But that's only true if you're playing with friends who want to get to the end of the stage instead of a friends who are like, like a picking up your character and throwing it off the edge of the screen. 
and you know, try ramming you into enemies and, and you know, flames and cannons and so on. So if you're playing with the three other friends whose main goal is to try and kill the other people instead of advancing the stage, it's very challenging that way. <laughs> I'm now I'm trying to imagine that because you actually do have a lot of ways to screw with each other if you're trying to, if you're griefing. So what's right. the what's the goal? Like, um, because... Because isn't right. somebody, is anybody's goal to get to the end? Well, basically, the goal is to uh, throw and kill the other players. And then when people are temporarily like off the stage or dead, then you rush forward and <laughs> you're, you try to be the one to get onto the flagpole and the only one to get onto the flagpole. Oh, so, okay. Uh, so so, so uh, that's slightly different from the, probably from the intent of the designers because they probably envision people working to, together to get to the goal. <laughs> but uh, but you know who's to say that this isn't a more valid way to play the game i mean it's it's fun for us because you know we're just who wants to be the last one on the flagpole or score the lowest right so there's still a sort of competition there you know at the end everyone's score is terrible but the least terrible score wins yeah who wants to be lowest on the flagpole it's like a metaphor for life right you're just right yeah living yeah it out in the game yeah, the greasy Mario flagpole. <laughs> so, so your version of the game, it's sort of like a race where the first 95% of it doesn't matter. And then at the end, <laughs> you try right, to cross right. the finish line first. But, but then if you manage to throw someone off the stage, then you sort of score karma points. Like people like say, oh, good throw or something. And you get congratulated. <laughs> right. So that's fun too. You get congratulated. <laughs> yeah, because... Uh, you know, I can see your complaint here, which is that, you know, you're totally ignoring the goal of the game. Like, is this even real? But then in Smash Brothers, you know, the designer didn't intend for it to be a competitive game, but people just force it to be a real game. So maybe this is just the same thing as Smash Brothers. <laughs> yeah, I mean, what's the difference between what you're playing and the tournament level Smash Brothers, really, when it comes down right. to it? <laughs> right, right. It's just it's just a few people playing a game, right? So, uh, <laughs> so, so it sounds like well, I can think of one difference. I mean, it's mostly oh, the that? same, what's but uh, <laughs> I think I think you have more of an activity going on where because you just said it yourself, where it's like a fun thing you're doing together and you're like patting each other on the back. Oh, good throw! You threw threw me <laughs> off the pit. Yeah, that's a good throw. And so you're just the the game is just like a medium for you to enjoy each other's company just like some people might go to a coffee shop and sort of yeah, lounge yeah. around and look at the environment like you can right, go right. through these beautiful cartoony environments and throw each other into pits yeah they're like they're, a nice afternoon pleasant and and especially you know you have those uh, like those columns of those five goomba guys you know the ones yeah. the ones that that walk around so fun so those are i know in, in co-op it's a fun challenge to like get someone high enough to jump on them <laughs> Whereas in our version of the game, it's fun to uh, see who can run around and avoid them the longest and also avoid <laughs> someone else picking them up and throwing them into the group. So it's sort of really fun. And in many ways, there is a challenge there. But then I have to agree, it's more of an activity, sort of a fun activity, sort of like going to a three-star Michelin restaurant rather than a competitive game. Did you ever play Castlevania Symphony of the Night? No, but I know what it's about. It's, it's a okay, well, s spoilers. A people cannot listen to the next 30 seconds oh. if they don't want to know this big, <laughs> exciting thing. But in that game, when you get to the quote-unquote the end, the castle that you've been playing inside the whole time turns upside down. 
And then everything's different because all the layout's different now that the world is upside down. And it's like seeing old things in a new way. And it's almost like you are playing the upside down castle version of Mario 3D World. Because you have like I have Goombas and you have Goombas and I have pits and you have pits. (laughs) But you're just seeing it in a whole new way. Everything is different through the lens of griefing friends that you play with. Yeah, it's sort of like speed running, I'd say. Oh, yeah. Yeah, like speed running. That's like the same game in a whole new light also. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it's uh, some people might say, you know, um, what are you guys doing? That's so uh, so much griefing. But you know, yeah, some people might say that. That's some people true. Might say that. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but how we see it is that it's just an, a new avenue of exploration. I mean, if we played it the regular way, we'd be just too bored because it's easy. And if we searched for stars, that's too cooperative for our taste. <laughs> it's too co-op. Yeah, so you've chosen to play a cooperative game, and it's too cooperative. So you've solved right, that right, problem. Right. We, we want a small amount of cooperation, but not like so much cooperation, right? <laughs> Why not play Smash Brothers? Well, uh, you know, Smash Brothers is just so mean. It's like you're trying to kill the other guys. So that's not a friendly game that... <laughs> I think the Mario 3D world is a more passive aggressive game. Hey, yeah, let's right, like right. Uh, let's be all friends. Not really, but I mean that's what I'll yeah. say. Yeah. You know, whoops, oh, I was trying to throw you towards <laughs> the the land, not off the land. My bad, my bad. You know. That that's yeah. So uh, yeah, that I think even for such a pretty straightforward game, it's interesting that we have very different ways of enjoying it. <laughs> yes, indeed. <laughs> I don't know what else to say about this. So, uh, <laughs> so thanks for uh, comparing your experience to mine on Mario 3D World. Great. Thanks for having me on as a special guest. Okay. Take care, Garcia 1000. You too.